0: Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, NLP trainer and change agent here. And you're listening to episode 100 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast designed to support entrepreneurial couples, people in business partnership, anyone looking for more tips, tools, and strategies to add to the quality of your life. So welcome to today's episode. Episode 100 is entitled The Immature Romantic Partner. So uh, yes, we've made it to 100 episodes. Um, I'm very pleased to... uh, to have got here, and um, given the uh, the themes and the flavour of the last ten or so episodes, um, we're still following along those lines, but looking at some of the extra distinctions. One of those being um, when we've talked previously about uh, traumatised partners, or addicted-based partners, or partners who are abusive. Um, and then, of course, we've got elements of immaturity in relationships. So today's episode is going to be looking at um, aspects of immaturity in our in our you know our partners. But of course, how to are we um, not as uh, developmentally well rounded in our relationship? Because that certainly can create some um, some friction, some tension, and some pain in our relational experience. So. Um, The episode starts out a little bit like this. Uh, You know, when we look at kind of movies, what we tend to see a lot of is the first stage of of a relationship where, um, uh, you you know, we're in the romance phase and because of the kind of um, uh, the chemistry the the uh, the what happens to our neurology, our brain, and our body in that in that kind of process, and in the process of infatuation, um, you know, we we tend to, as we put our romance story onto another human being, um, we tend to be only paying attention to the upsides, um, and if there's anything we see that doesn't quite fit, we tend to minimise or um, negate that um, in our, as I said, in our Our examples in movies are always tend to be always of this romantic phase, Um, or you know when we see examples of in movies of very immature uh, individuals who suddenly through love completely transform and become some kind of model partner, Um, and that that transformation is very quick and very rapid. And unfortunately, some of these unrealistic, yet very entertaining, um, uh, you know, stories, um, you know, they sink in. They leave us with a fantastical idea of what relationships should be like or take away from us the reality of sometimes how difficult it is for people to change, especially when they're very embedded into um, the way that they do the world. Um, And... Also, what it tends to leave us with is some ideas, and again, this tends to be sometimes ideas that that we see moving through the self-development community. There are certain pieces of advice that if we're in a predominantly healthy relationship framework, absolutely work. Um, Like the idea that relationships are 50-50, that you should be able to speak honestly and openly with your partner, um, that the the two of you are... Um, have nothing but the best intent for each other moving forward, um, that there's a sense of willingness to sacrifice for the relationship, um, you know, to to put sometimes our own individual needs on hold while we focus on the needs of the relationship or the needs of our partner. And if we're in a predominantly healthy framework, then all of that is very true and works very, very well. Um, But when we're identifying ourselves, or we're coming to the unfortunate realisation that perhaps we're not in as healthy a framework as we could be. Um, and, and that can be very, very tough. But when we see the reality of where we're at, it allows us to start hopefully adopting strategies that are going to be a bit more realistic and that's not necessarily to say you know whether we choose to leave or stay once we identify things is not the issue here it's it's about you know how do we conduct ourselves in response to what we're kind of experiencing is the thing I'm most interested in Um, but if let's say for example what we found ourselves is in a relationship that is unfortunately influenced by uh, trauma of some sort um, influenced by addiction of, of some sort, influenced by abusive dynamics, um, or um, sometimes to a slightly lesser degree, but, but not necessarily any less painful, is that, you know, we've found ourselves to be partnered up with someone who's immature um, relative to um, the relationship space. So that's what I wanted to kind of talk about today because, um, is a little bit about the, um, some of the, the ways in which immaturity can, uh, can present in relationship and in particular in our partner. Um, and this, like I said, doesn't, we have to be careful here because we, we all have, um, moments where we show up less, uh, eloquently than we'd like to. We all have moments where we don't respond as resourcefully as we could, um, so this is not, you know, when I'm talking about some of these symptoms, you'll you'll definitely sort of spot some of these both in terms of your partner and yourself. What we're talking about here is do I see a lot of these symptoms and do I see them fairly consistently? It's almost that I can bank on this, you know, that, uh, you know, what we're talking about with um, sometimes less than um, elegant or less than effective symptoms. Um, Dynamics playing out, in relationships. Um, we we all have our moments, but what one of the concerns is when these things become fixed. You know, when we can rely on a certain set of dysfunctional responses from ourselves or our partner. When certain situations present, you know, when you get to the point where you know yeah, it's absolutely impossible to bring certain topics up with your, your partner compared to sometimes they're more approachable than others. You, you know, if, if there's a movability and a flexibility in the relationship, this generally tends to indicate that we're probably on healthier ground. But when things become very locked in and fixed and either we or our partner is fighting very hard to keep that fixed situation in place, then we've probably got to be looking at things a bit more. Um, uh, you, you know, we really need to put our our attention on what that might mean. Um, so, like I said, when I mention some of these issues, you, you know, what we're looking at here is, you know, can we see a significant cluster of them and do they present very, very consistently? Um, so, you, you know, one, one of the things that, when we talk about a, a chronically kind of, um, immature person, uh, one, one of the things we can look at is that, uh, you, you know, have they, since the relationship has started to settle and move into the next kind of phase, you know, we've moved past the romantic fixated phase, things are starting to settle down, and that what we've found over time is our partner seems to have gone back to trying to live like they did pre-relationship, um, so that what tends to um, consistently get priority is their friends get priority over the the relationship. Their hobbies get priority over their relationship. Um, they're chronically untidy. Um, they refuse to do their share of the household kind of chores. If we're talking about um, you know, being in having children with this person, they're, they're almost like the extra child. Um, they're there for the fun stuff of parenting, they're there for the accolades of parenting. And it's not that they don't love you and love the kids, we're not talking about that, but they seem to go missing when the hard stuff happens. Um, or what we find with our partner is, you know, they're, they're financially irresponsible. You know, they keep racking up speeding fines and parking tickets, forgetting to pay important bills um, or expecting that you need to do all that. Um, again, when there's a, a sense of lopsidedness where all the fun and benefit um, and reward of being in relationship seems to be the stuff they're there for or adequately receiving and you appear to be the one that's doing all the hard yards. Um, and if you, uh, you, you know, and again, in in an immature dynamic, what we tend to find is we're having the same petty arguments over and over again. Um, one of the key distinctions that I think is very important because. Being in a relationship with an immature person is very different to being in a relationship with an abusive person, although these things can definitely over- overlap. Um, but one of the primary distinctions that you can make between an immature and a relationship with someone who's immature by comparison to abusive, and you know, I'll put a whole separate episode up about this, is, is that their lack of force, forethought, their lack of insight, um, their their lack of attention... Um, means that they consistently mess up. They make what seem to be quite um, silly mistakes, Um, whether that's, you know, they've got fired from another job again or they've, like I said, forgotten to pay something and now you're paying again another late fee or they're consistently losing things. Um, the, the you know jobs you need them to do aren't getting done, and then you're running around like a headless uh, chicken trying to 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 cover off and uh, the slack that they've created. But what tends to happen um, is that when immature partners make mis- life you know life mistakes, both they and you pay for those mistakes, um, and that's a very different. Paradigm, and like I said, I'll talk more about this in another episode. To if we're with an abuser, if we're with an abuser, what happens is their mistakes end up costing us, but they come out squeaky clean. Um, is is one of the the, the major distinctions, you, you know, of 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 the differences because immature people just struggle, struggle to keep their life together, struggle to get to places on time, struggle to struggle to do the the things, or or are resistant is the other thing. I'm resistant to take on the responsibilities of an adult life. Um, You know, another element can be, um, apart from, you know, not pulling the weight with parenting or or household tasks, um, and even in the relationship, they kind of sit back and expect you to do everything. Um, If there's any um, romance or date night or anything like this, um, that tends to be something that's always initiated and driven by you. And if they do put something together that they think is romantic, um, what you'll often find is they've organised some kind of activity that that they're more interested in than you are. Um, in the you know, chronically kind of immature person, you know, sometimes when you speak about your needs, your wants and your desires and your goals, you find that their responses, they almost feel burdened or frustrated, you know, by, by you wanting to, to, to kind of put those on, on them, you know, they might whinge about having to kind of step up um, or, consistently when they do need to step up, they go missing in some form or another. Um, You know, suddenly they've got a bigger crisis than you have and you end up finding that the things you wanted to talk about and complain about, um, you know, now instead you're listening to their complaints. um, And there are a plethora of other uh, kind of symptoms that I, you know, I'm I'm sort of planning to do a few um, um, episodes on this uh, these kinds of things. But, but again, you know, the overall feeling is that you feel like you're living with a child or you feel like your partner just wants a servant or a, or a, or a parent. And again, that too can be an indication if their parents are still overly involved um, in your life or in their life. You know, they're still, um, the, the parents are still managing their money or the parents are still doing their cleaning for them or their laundry and or their cooking and things like this. Um, things that um, you would anticipate that as a couple, these are the things that you'd be doing together. Um, in terms of, you know, discussions about the future, you'd be having those discussions between yourselves and then if, need, if you need some expert, competent, um, external opinions, then you'd be going to the relevant authorities on that rather than trotting off to your partner's parents, who, you know, especially if they don't have any kind of um, actual expertise in the area, but are very keen to give their opinion, this this can become very, very, very problematic. Um, and, and again, if we're one of the, the underlying things is that we're consistently disappointed and frustrated by the way our partner approaches our relationship, that's very different to um, if it tends to be on the more abusive side of things, yes, you've got disappointment and frustration, but you've also got an undercurrent of of fear. Um, if if we're talking about an abusive paradigm, where you know fear and unpredictability, um, and a real sense that the person is is trying to control everything you do. And like I said, I'll talk a bit more about the differences between. Um, immature relationship backdrops and, and abusive ones um, in, in another kind of episode. Um, and, you know, what do, we, what do we do here? Because, again, um, the other key indicator here, a very strong indicator, you know, of whether our partner is likely to metaphorically grow up and willingly take on the sacrifice of what it takes to, you know, even healthy relationships are hard work. There's a there's a saying that I very much like, um, you know, uh, healthy relationships take hard work. Toxic relationships take everything. And um, I, I think that's a very kind of pivotal thing. If we're if we're giving and we're giving and we're giving and we're really not getting much back, um, then again. Um, uh, if if we're in a relationship that's just immature then we can confront our, our partner very directly and, and set the boundaries about expectations going forward um, you really have to think about if you're in an abusive relationship that might be a stunningly unsafe thing to do so um, you, you you know when we're approaching an abusive person um, and trying to set boundaries or define what is and what isn't absolutely acceptable or absolutely unacceptable um, abusive, Partners can really give us some very, very serious backlash, physically and psychologically, over that, um, because how how dare we um, uh, challenge challenge them on how the relationship should be? An immature partner is going to whine, they're going to suck, they're going to you know, but but like I said again, um, if we're only mostly experiencing anger and frustration and disappointment and not fear, um, and we get the sense that we are very safe. To, to speak up very directly, because with an immature partner, metaphorically, that's almost how you have to be. You have to be like almost like a parent temporarily and say, this is what's acceptable in this relationship going forward. This is what I expect, and and either they will or they won't. Um, and like I said, they're not likely to like it, but what you, you're going to get is in an immature person is probably not a massive amount of payback. Um, you, it's going to be safe for you to set your limits and your boundaries. That's that's the primary thing. Are you safe to set the limits um, and and ask very directly for what you expect to go forward and hold your partner accountable? Um, I, I can't stress that enough. And and like I said, this is this, these these you know your partner best. So this is only um, some some general ideas. It's certainly not specialized advice in any way, shape, or form. But. Um, in, in effect, you know, for the immature partner, there's a lot of payoff if I'm staying um, almost, you know, living um, a self-focused life while I'm a part of a, of a couple. Um, and, you know, I get to play my video games whenever I want. I get to spend every Saturday afternoon with my mates, and, you know, or go out and still party and drink and sleep in the next day and, you know, miss out on Spending quality time with with you, um, uh, so this is where if we're not setting our expectations up very clearly, um, and then offering the person the opportunity to to grow up a bit, then this can be sort of difficult. Um, but what uh, again, um, there's a lot more to say about this, but but where I sort of want to bring this episode to a, a close is it tends to be. Um, one of the, the, the potentials of of being with someone who's very immature very is is because they're not running their life um, the way an adult would, um, you know, they're, they're metaphorically a child in an adult's world. What that means is consistently they're going to be hit with adverse consequences for, for not um, sharing enough responsibility and, and taking enough responsibility and accountability for themselves. Like I said, unfortunately, you're going to wear some of that too. Um. But the hope is they get sick of um, paying for their own short short sightedness, and then they go. This is I can't put up with this anymore. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just giving myself too much grief. Um, so I'm, I'm going to change. You know, you know, it becomes self initiated because the consequences of staying as they are are too painful. Um, uh, but the the other thing too is what what will. Um, what will help that? Plus, if they're, you know, they love you and they fear, and I'm not saying they don't, um, but but they're fearful of losing you. They they might shape up. Um, but the other things that will, um, hopefully help success is how how mature their their um, circle of friends is. Um, because if they've got a they're hanging around with chronically immature people, these are not people who are going to support them stepping up. They're not people who are going to support them, putting their relationship first and going, Hey, I'm in an adult relationship now, still happy to hang out from time to time, but it, you know, it's not going to be like it used to be. Um, I've got to set some limits around that and certainly around some of the stuff we, we were getting up to. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't do those things anymore. You know, I'm in a, I'm in an adult relationship now. It's, it's, you know, um, And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being immature and having some fun and kicking back either. But, but if you want to stay that way, probably maybe relationships aren't for you or aren't for you yet. You know what I mean? Like it's, um you know i do come across from time to time people and i really wonder why they're why they're in a relationship you, you know um that might not even be the best thing for them right now in their stage of life if they just want to have some fun just go out and have some fun um uh, you know probably a lot easier um but nevertheless those are those are my um my ideas and 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 probably not worth too much those are my biases um so you know but again if they're with a group of people who are mature and supportive, then that's going to make it a lot easier. If they're still with a chronically immature group of friends, that's going to make it real tough. Um, so consideration around that and because there's consequences for, for your partner that may mean they have to start spending more time or socializing with a different group of people. And that can be tough when you really love your friends and you're attached to them and you've spent a long time Part of your life history with them—that's that's not a—that's not an easy thing to do. Um, and then the other element too can be age. Uh, it tends to be that um, you know people who um, are coming up against the consequences of their immaturity earlier in their adult life. They're not as fixed in the way that they do the world. Um, that that sometimes can be um, that that sometimes can make the change a lot easier, you know, compared to the people who are older, they're set in their ways, they're very used to their lifestyle and the way that they do things. And I've certainly seen that one of the paradigms that's emerging with people starting relationships later in life in their 50s and 60s is sometimes how difficult it is for couples to come out of, especially if they've been single for a long period of time, they've really got themselves into a a groove that they like and enjoy and then they, they, you know, every Sunday I, I go bike riding and 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 uh, um, uh, have a couple of coffees and wines with my best mate, um, and I've I've done that for three or four years. And then suddenly I'm in a relationship, and uh, you know now you're telling me that you want to spend a Sunday morning with me. Hang on a moment, that's that's me and my mates' time. You know, sometimes that it can be difficult to negotiate where the fit is. Um, if we're going into those sort of spaces. But I think it's definitely going to be an increasing kind of thing um, because people can be in their 50s and 60s and still chronically immature. Um, <clears throat> so, um, uh, again, that can be something to 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 realise, again, what you're up against. You know, how fixed are people in the way that they do the world? How long have they been doing it for? And what, you know, is their social group likely to support them maturing or likely to interfere with that? Um, So anyway, um, I could ramble on and on, and I probably will at some stage. uh, Again, we'll we'll revisit uh, this and some other episodes, but um, hopefully this gives you a bit more insight. I I think the more that we can really define the kinds of things that are going on in our relationships, the more chance we have of healthy, successful relationships. you know, wondrous relationships going forward, that we're getting the kind of love and treatment and nurture and care we deserve, not only from others, but from ourselves too. So um, thank you. Uh, thank you. And uh, it's been a real privilege. Um, for those of you, uh, it, was a, it was a big milestone for me to, to, to set uh, reaching 100 episodes. Um, I'm very, very uh, pleased to have got here. Um, a special thanks to... Um, the amazing uh, business entrepreneur and, and a mentor of mine marty vids um I, I just want to acknowledge him he was the one that suggested um that i needed to do a do a podcast series in the first place so i just wanted to say a big thanks to marty to marty vids for uh for that and um uh, also um, just to, again, thank everybody who's been listening to the show right the way through my, you know, or for a long period of time, my profoundest thanks. Time is so precious. And if you're taking some time out to listen to these episodes, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to you. If you've just joined us, welcome. Um, hope you found the episode to be helpful. Um, if you want to continue to support the show, please go to iTunes, download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review as it makes it easier for others to, uh, to find the, um, the program. And I'm passionate about helping people with education and relationship, um, both in, in personal and, and in our business lives. And uh, also, if you've got any ideas for episodes, um, please reach out. You can reach me on, at emergencetraining.com.au if you're not um, if you don't have access to iTunes, then, uh, Stitcher and Podbean by all means. And of course the episodes are available at the website too. And in categories, now that we've got like a hundred odd episodes up, there's uh, you know, at the website, you can see categories. If there's got areas of interest that you, that you, um, you, you'd like to kind of look at then by all means, please check that out there. Um, but apart from that, um, I just want to say a big thank you. And like I said, I'm really uh, proud and pleased to have reached hundred episodes. I'm looking forward to moving now into the next hundred and seeing where that, uh, leads things. And once again, thank you. I wish you every success in your life and thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, until next time, bye for now.